Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Many people I talk to struggle to get enough organ meat on a carnivore diet. There's debate about whether you need to eat organs or not, but I like to supplement with organ meats and it makes me feel better and many carnivores would agree. Optimal Carnivore was created by carnivores for carnivores. In fact, I was consulted during the formulation, which is pretty cool. Um, They have a unique organ complex that combines nine different organs, liver, brain, heart, and more, um, all from grass-fed, grass-finished animals in New Zealand. And taking six capsules a day is the same as eating an ounce of raw liver. Um, and it's it's completely freeze-dried, and they use a very high-quality process to retain all the nutrients. You can use the link in the episode description or um, the link in my Instagram bio and use the code carnwar 10 to save a checkout and support the show. Thank you. Kay Stewart is an expert in dog nutrition. She works at Real Dog Box and is a researcher, writer, and instructor of the Food Re- Feed Real Institute. Um, she spent over 18 months learning everything there is to know about dog nutrition and is here to share some of that with us today. Welcome to the show, Kay. Thank you. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, so would love to just start with your background, how you got into this space how you um, came to get to know dog nutrition so intimately. Yes. Well, I've been a veterinary technician for 40 years, graduated from Purdue University, um, and went through the traditional, you know, training for nutrition. Everybody is trained to feed their dogs kibble and didn't question that. Um, But I only worked in practice for a couple of years and I went into biomedical research. Um, I ran two animal research facilities for a prominent university. And we had a lot of studies with nutrition. Um, Look back on what we did and um, how it affected the studies. And we had to be really careful with that. Um, My tenure at, it was at the University of Notre Dame ended in 2017 due to some restructuring of management and all of that. Um, And so I found myself without a job. I went into the human medicine field for three and a half years, right during COVID, worked at an urgent care facility. (laughs) Bad move. Wow. (laughs) But got me where I needed to be. Um, And then I found this this job with Real Dog Box, um, came back to my passion of animals, of academia, researching, writing. uh, So it's been a perfect fit. But through that, I had to come up with had to face a lot of paradigm shifts. Um, And it took me about a month to really want to smack myself in the head and think, why didn't I realize this sooner? Like, (laughs) this is crazy. Why would we feed our dogs this brown ultra processed food all their life instead of real food? So it's been very eye-opening. I delved into research. I really, really enjoy learning. And I have just have such a passion for it. It's like, I finally found my passion in what I really, really want to do. 
so this last 18, 20 months has been just constant learning for me. And now we just really want to get the word out that, that this is the way we should be feeding our dogs. Yeah, that's amazing. And can you talk a little bit about what um, the Feed Real Institute and Real Dog Box are? Just sure. So Real, Real Dog Box is a monthly subscription box for um, treats and chews. All the treats and chews are all natural, single ingredient, um, 100% um, unaltered. All we do is dry them in an air dried situation. So the founders of the uh, organization, they created uh, the dryers because there was nothing commercially available to mimic sun drying um, as a way of preserving. So we have several drying rooms. Everything get, gets cut and positioned on trays, puts in the drying room, gets packaged, shipped right from the same kitchen. We don't have any co-packers. There's no middleman. We do it all from the San Diego kitchen. And they have been in business for eight years, um, during which they got that part of it up and running. But then they realized that there's just not a lot of good information for dog parents out there. So decided to open the Feed Real Institute as part of the Real Dog Box um, organization and help people understand how to feed their dogs real food, how to feed them. It doesn't have to be real complicated. Um, we've got all of the information gathered in the dog parent nutrition course. Um, one of the things that I did in the university setting, I did teach. And my form of teaching has always been you teach people how to do something. You teach them how to use the information. And so that's what I took with the course is I'm going to give you all this information, but I'm going to give you a way to utilize that information. You're not going to go away thinking, I have all this information. Now what? We show you how to apply that information and we show you how to um, put it into practical use. And we also give a lot of tips on how to do it economically because we know it, it can be very expensive if you're going out and buying prime cuts of meat for your dog and that kind of thing. So the other thing we understand a lot of people can't get away from kibble totally. So we advocate for kibble toppers. You know, let's just add to it then. If you can't get rid of it completely, we can still really enhance what we're doing for our dogs by adding to it. Yeah, that's great. I think it's all about making the changes that fit with your budget and what you're going to actually do and stick to. Right, right. exactly. Um, and so what, what does um, proper dog nutrition look like? Like, how should we begin to think about that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the easiest way to think of it is real food. Um, we need to feed our dogs real food that we're eating also. Pretty much what we have in the kitchen, we can share with our dogs with a few exceptions. Um, but they do really well with raw food. That's what their body is designed for. If the more you cook something, the more nutrients leach out. So if you think about what kibble is, it's an ultra processed, it's processed anywhere from four to six times at very, very high temperatures. And then they have to add back vitamins and minerals in order to meet the requirements because everything's been leached out during the process. So we advocate for feeding whole raw food or lightly cooked. I have a dog here where I live that she won't eat some, some of this stuff raw. So I have to lightly, and I'm talking really lightly cook it, like barely cook it. Um, and so that's the main thing. Like if you're chopping up a salad for yourself, 
those little bits of the carrot that you don't want, the dog will eat those. Um, you know, a lot of those different vegetables, don't give them onion, um, no grapes, no raisins, that kind of thing. But there are several things that you can do. My light went out. Um, that we can add to their bowl right from our refrigerator. And why is like why are the conventional recommendations around dog feeding that we get from most vets so so wrong? Okay. Well, the problem is how veterinarians are taught in vet school. Um, they have very minimal nutrition training. And the training they do get is sponsored by big kibble companies, Hills, Arena. Almost every vet school has a sponsor, uh, one of the big kibble companies. And those kibble companies are giving the veterinary students free food for the entire time they're in vet school for their dogs and cats. Um, they give them incentives to sell it at their practice. And they convince them that that's what is whole and balanced and nutri you know, nutrition. But if you think of it logically, is there any other profession that says that you should feed yourself or your child a small nugget that's supposed to be, you know, 100% nutritious their entire lifespan? It just, it doesn't make sense, um, but it's cheap. It's a cheap way to get it. They have a very high return rate on their product. Um, most, I don't think people realize that most of the kibble is produced by big companies that produce candy, Mars, Nestle, um, those are the kibble companies. And what's going in the kibble is a lot of junk. So we uh, just want people to understand what it is they're feeding their dog and give them ways to feed their dog better. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I learned a lot of this from Dr. Dr. Karen Becker mm -hmm. um, in her book Forever Dog. Yes, and I was amazed to learn at some of the food processing. Like kibble <laughs> is cooked at like 500 degrees, like six different times. Exactly, so it's like completely devoid of nutrients at that point. That exactly, and that's why at the end of the ingredient list you see all of those synthetic vitamins and minerals because there's nothing left. Um, and so they have to, and, and the problem with synthetic vitamins and minerals is your body doesn't know what to do with those. Um, it may utilize some, they have no idea what the bioavailability of those are. Most of them are excreted in the stool and urine. So, yeah, crazy. And how, how have you gone about researching, um, these topics? Like what, what sources have you pulled from? Uh -huh. What's been the most? Well, one of my big benefits of leaving the university when I did is I was able to actually retire. Um, so I have access to all of their databases. So I am picking scientific evidence or, um, studies from everywhere. Um, anything you can find on the internet that says, you know, pay $30 here to read the entire article. I can find it and read the entire article. So it's all based on all of the scientific evidence. Now, the problem is, is there's not a lot, a lot of scientific evidence for dogs eating raw because who's going to pay for that? You know, Big Kibble's paying for all the other studies. So we really had to dig into the human studies and extrapolate it to dogs. And there are some good studies coming out, especially out of Sweden and some of the other European countries that I could pull from also. Um, but yeah, it was tricky because there aren't a lot of big studies with raw dog food because who, like I said, who wants to pay for those? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's just crazy when you even like, I think animal and dog science in general is just mm -hmm. very poor. 
Um, there's not a lot of it. It's not very well conducted. Um, it's not very well reviewed. It's extremely biased. I mean, a lot of human studies are too, right. sure. Right. Right? Big food and big pharma and stuff like Absolutely. that. But um, it seems like it's exaggerated in the dog world. Well, what's ironic is so many of the human studies are done on dogs. Um, and so that's where I extrapolated it from. If the dog study was done and then they said this was okay for humans and dogs were used, well, obviously it's okay for dogs too. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the type of things I had to do is really get into these studies and then be able to extrapolate it back to, to dogs. Um, yeah. But again, that's my my element. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And how do you how do you recommend people think about like one big concern or piece of pushback I hear from vets all the time? Well, two, and, and I'd love to go through each of them uh -huh. actually. One is the whole like salmonella raw food thing. Right. Two is the um, getting a complete balanced nutrient. Mm -hmm. So those are exactly the two things that all vets yeah. are worried about. Can we talk through each of those? You can Absolutely. So with the threat of salmonella or other bacteria, um, our biggest argument is, is you are handling raw food for yourself. And practicality tells you that after you handle it, you wash your hands and you clean up and you know you sanitize. And I actually think that raw feeders have cleaner dog bowls and areas because they are conscious of that. Um, most people that I know that feed kibble use the same scoop over and over again. They never wash it. Um, they use the same bowl. They never wash it. You know, those of us feeding raw, we're washing things all the time because we're conscientious about it. Um, but dogs, their stomach acid is a lot lower pH. It's more acidic. That's why they can eat raw. And that's why they can eat rancid stuff and not get sick because it, the bacteria dies in their stomach. It's a lot lower. So the pH in a dog's stomach that's eating raw is one and a half to two. If they're eating kibble, it's anywhere from three to five. So in that range, the bacteria survives and then gets passed down into the colon and, and um, the small intestine, large intestine and colon, and it can come out in the feces. Now, is there bacteria in the feces? There's bacteria in all dog species. So again, practicality, you're going to pick it up with something other than your bare hand and you're gonna wash your hands. Um, but we have an article in the, in the course that tells you how to mitigate all these issues. Um, if you're really, really concerned about them, there's a lot of ways that you can work around that and make sure that your dog, you know, like if you have a dog that has a bearded face, keep that trimmed. And so you can wipe the face when it's done eating. I mean, just really practical tips if you're really concerned. But I did come across um, a really well done article out of the, out of the UK that showed that 99.96% of all raw feeders have had no issues. It was 0.04% that had a salmonella outbreak that was linked to the dog food. That number is like 8,000 8, times higher in kibble feeders um, because wow. kibble is constantly being called back for bacteria. And a lot more people have problems with kibble and bacteria than the raw feeders. And again, I think it's the conscientiousness that the raw feeders are more, you know, apt to keep everything clean. Um, it doesn't sit around. Um, pieces, I mean, dogs that are eating raw, they clean their bowl. They're not leaving pieces out, whereas a lot of kibble gets left out and about and kids can eat it, and, you know, all, all kinds of things. Um, so that to me is that issue is debunked. I mean, there's so many 
and like I said, the article we have goes through all of the different things. And and yes, there's a risk. Is it any higher than kibble? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and and dogs just have a fundamentally different stomach acidity, which exactly. makes it so that they can't get those types of illnesses um, and why they do so well with raw and not as well with cooked, right? Right. And their their stomach pH changes very rapidly when you go from kibble to raw. Um, it only takes a few days for it to change and their system to adapt. So it's really not an issue when it comes to them. They're, they have lysosome in, lysosomes in their mouth too that help kill bacteria as it enters their mouth. Um, and so they're equipped to be able to handle raw and rancid things. I mean, think about, you know, the dogs out in the wild, um, coyotes, wolves, that kind of thing. They eat stuff that's been laying around, you know, and, and could be rancid and it doesn't bother them. And that's why, because their bodies are made for that. Yeah. And that, that brings me to another point. Can you talk about the transition from like, if people <laughs> have an adult dog or if they're getting a puppy from a breeder transitioning sure. from kibble or cooked food to raw, how mm -hmm. should we think about that? The best thing to do, um, well, it really depends dog to dog. Some dogs can go cold turkey, one from the other. Um, we don't really recommend that because you just don't know how it's going to go. So, you know, we say to transition, like start with 25% raw, 75% kibble for a few days, then go to 50-50 and then 25-75 the other way um, and transition them. And that can take several days. That can take several weeks. It really depends on how the dog responds. Um, and the best way to know how the dog is responding is to monitor its poop. <laughs> That's the best way. Um, if it has diarrhea, if it has hard stools, if it's not going, what, you know, gets constipated, then you have to back off and see what, what you need to do differently. Um, the nice thing with raw fed dogs, they have a lot less feces and it's a lot less odor to them. Um, and so you'll notice that and, and people will start noticing things like there's a lot of mucus in the stools the first few weeks because that layer is sloughing off of the intestinal tract and getting rid of what's not good in there. Um, and, but they'll see a lot of positive things, higher energy, um, less discharge out of the eyes, better skin coat, better attitude. Yeah. It's very quick. Yeah, it's it's amazing the feedback mechanism in dogs. Like you can tell so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, they're so resilient and they recover so quickly too. You can tell in their demeanor, like our dog, her personality just like changed completely when we started nailing her nutrition. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's like so immediate the effect in their behavior, their demeanor. One thing we've noticed, which is really awesome, is like most so. Our dog's a, a labradoodle, part okay. lab, part poodle. Right. And most of those dogs, most doodle mixes, as they get older, their coat kind of fades and becomes mm -hmm. like a little bit more neutral tone, ashy. Hers is like very bright and rich and luscious. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. are like, how, how does she have that color, you know? And <laughs> I think it has to do with the food, you know? Absolutely. She's so healthy. She never gets sick. She has so much energy. She sleeps well. She, uh, I, I don't know if this has to do with the raw feeding or not, um, but, you know, we don't have to take her out overnight. She can easily, mm -hmm. comfortably hold her bladder for like 13 mm -hmm. hours, which mm -hmm. is wonderful. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so, yeah, it, it really makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. And all of that 
factors in. I mean, nutrition is so key to a healthy skin coat and hair coat. And so, yes, by providing all those nutrients that she needs, you are going to see a much lusher coat. And like you said, the color will stay and they just softer fur, not that flaky. You know, I think of people with allergies, I think it would really help because the flakiness of their skin isn't going to be there. And that's really what you're allergic to is the dander. Um, So there's just so many benefits to it. Yeah. And, and so I'd love to address that other concern um, that Within a lot balances. of vets point out is how are you going to make sure you have a balanced diet, a balanced right. nutrient profile? This I think is the biggest concern. And that's, I'm on several groups on Facebook and I see people saying, you know, I feed my dog rice, chicken and broccoli, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. You need so much more than that. We address it by having uh, the feed reel calculator. And I don't know if you've had a chance to go to that feedreel.com slash calculator and you put in your dog's age, activity level, um, and size, and we map out what you should be feeding based on, let's say you have chicken backs in your freezer. Okay, so we'll tell you, say, that's the bone I'm going to use, and we will give you a list of everything that you need to use along with that. We always recommend at Real Dog Box, we use the ancestral diet, and that means that you have muscle meat, raw meaty bones, um, fish, some type of small oily fish, and I'll get into that, liver, and another type of secreting organ, and some type of fiber or fur. We like using fur and feathers for the fiber because that's natural fiber for them. Some dogs don't like that. You can use vegetables. You can use some fruits. Um, it really, everybody has to tailor to their own dog. So we need to, um, so we give that into the percentages, and we list out what you need. We recommend 10 to 12% of the bone to be their diet in order to have the, the amount of um, bone they need in there for calcium and to have nice firm stools. Um, and then with the muscle meat, you know, we're talking about 65% is going to be protein between the muscle meat and the fish. We, we recommend the small oily fish because of the omega-3s in the fish. Um, and that's really good for their skin, um, helps just balance the, the fatty acids in their body. Um, and then the 5% liver, 5% other uh, secreting organ. So spleen, kidney, those type of organs. And then, like I said, 5% fur or feathers or some other fiber. But we map it all out for you and we'll show you what to do in one meal. And then if you say, I want to prepare two weeks worth, you hit the button and then we email you your shopping list for two weeks worth of meals. The other nice thing is we have um, virtual workshops that we host and you, we walk you through making those meals and answer any questions as you're going through. We have one on Saturday um, and that is really helps people get the academics out of their brain and hands-on and really figure out how to do it because that's the scary part, right? You learned all this and you're like, now how do I do it? <laughs> so that's how, what we recommend. So that balances all of the nutrients. The other thing that we really harp on is variety. So to prevent imbalances, you put a good variety in their diet of the different proteins. Um, with our Real Dog Box subscription, every month it's a different lineup of proteins. Um, it could be duck and um, turkey and beef in one month, and it can be pork and rabbit and lamb. The other, you know, it just depends on what our lineup is, but every month you're going to get different proteins and a different type of fish. So that, that by 
putting all those different um, varieties in there, you're going to get a much better balanced diet because everything has a little, you know, you tweak it just a little bit. There are sheets out there or subscriptions that you can get to where you work off of spreadsheets and you really try to get all those nutrients balanced according to what the dog food companies say you should do. Almost impossible to do with all whole food because they're not practical as far as the levels. In fact, the level they have for zinc would actually be, could be harmful to your dog. It could be too much zinc because they have to put so much extra zinc in there because of the way zinc, um, it actually binds with a lot of the, the, the ingredients that they use in kibble. So they have to add a lot of zinc. If we really added that much zinc to a raw diet, it wouldn't be good for your dog. Um, so I think the easiest way is to use our calculator and to add variety. As far as supplements go, our biggest thing is supplement for a purpose, not just because you see everybody on Instagram having these really pretty little plates with all these different supplements. If your dog doesn't need those supplements, you don't need to put them in there. And so what I'm talking about, let's say your dog is having a little bit of arthritis or it's an older dog, it's going to develop arthritis. But then you want to add things that are going to offer glucosamine and chondritin. Um, the pig feet, um, no, not pig feet, I'm sorry, chicken feet, well, pig feet also. Chicken feet, um, green lip mussels are great for that. The, the fatty fishes are good for that. So that's what we talk you through. If you have some issues, let's supplement according to that. Otherwise, you can stick to that ancestral diet and get everything in the ancestral diet that you would need on a day-to-day -day basis. The other thing is that we don't worry about each meal being balanced either. It's balanced over time. I mean, think about your meals. Are they balanced completely every time you eat? No, no, no humans are. So it's balancing over time. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I, I did get a chance to look at the calculator and I think it's great. Um, I, I really like it and I wish I had had it when I was starting out. <laughs> we hear that um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my wife and I, we found an old recipe from Karen Becker. So that's what we follow. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's very similar. You know, we get this really excellent, um, raw beef bone tripe and organ mix, mm -hmm. um, delivered nice. from, uh, dog food company, mm -hmm. um, comes in these huge chubs, <laughs> mm -hmm. we freeze them. And then, uh, once every nine days or so we make, um, like 16 meals for her. Mm -hmm. Um, nice. so we divide that out. We add raw carrots, raw blueberries. She really does well mm -hmm. with, and then some fish oil, some sunflower oil for vitamin E, mm -hmm. um, and two eggs with the shells. Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit of salt, a little bit of trace minerals. And mm -hmm. yeah, she does very well with that. So, Excellent. um, that's, and, and so what's interesting is like when we started out, um, so we transitioned to her raw almost right away, um, because mm -hmm. the breeder she was coming from actually, they're feeding her a pretty high quality, high quality kibble, right. but they were feeding her part raw too, okay. and part, um, part, uh, like raw yogurt as well so it was mm -hmm. like we that's one thing that attracted us to the breeder they're like oh she's starting on raw these must be like really good dogs and so then when we got her we went, just went straight to all raw right oh, away wow. and she did really well with it um but we didn't include those other things we just gave her the tripe um mm -hmm. for the first year and she did pretty well with it but she would get sick you know 
probably once a month or once every two months. And we were like, what is going on? And we didn't realize that like she needed one, a lot more fat mm -hmm. um, because it was too lean. Right. And two, um, she needed she needed some of those other things, the fiber, the um, fish oil and things like that. And mm -hmm. so now that we have it down, like with a formula that's really good, she's like perfect all the that's time. Great. So um, even that, so she was like thriving on the just um, meat and organs and bone. But when we added everything else in and got it to the right formula, she had like, her personality opened up even more. She became more social with other dogs, which was really cool. Yeah. And yeah, so it was, it was really awesome to see. Have you done any like uh, microbiome testing with her? No, we haven't. Yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. Um, one of the really key ways to know if you've got it under control. Uh, yeah. And especially, I mean, if she's doing that well, obviously you do. But I'm saying yeah. like people that are nervous, um, microbiome testing out of animal biome will really help you zone or zero in on things that you're not providing the microbiome mm. that the dog needs. Yeah. Um, hair mineral um, tissue analysis is another one that can really get dig in, dig into the amount of minerals that she's getting and whether or not there's enough. Um, and, or if there's toxins that you're not aware of that are in your area, those are good yeah. tests on along with, and we really, really advocate for raw feeders to meet with their veterinarian at least once a year to get blood work done and make sure that all the values are there. Always make sure. And that's, you know, the hardest thing for us is we're really trying to push into the veterinary world. Um, yeah. And we're going to conferences and talking to veterinarians and, and I get it. And that's what I tell them. I understand you're worried about imbalances, but yeah. the bottom line is, is they're doing it. So would you rather have them do it chicken and rice and whatever else, or would you rather work with them and tell them yeah. this is what you need to be doing? Because if by ignoring it, they're going to do it wrong and they're not going to tell you what they're doing. Yeah. So that's the angle I'm really trying to work yeah. with veterinarians is they're doing it. Yeah. If they've asked you about it. They're doing it. Yeah. So I think it's, advocate. it's growing so much too. It seems like, like rod feeding is just gaining so much traction. Like it's still a very small percent right. of the I think overall, it's about 5% in the United States right now, five to seven. Um, okay. but every time there's a recall on dog food, more and more people are going Yeah, their dog, their own food. Yeah, And we're seeing it more and more. And like I said, the forums that are on, on Facebook and, and, but the thing that scares me is they're not doing it correctly. And that's why yeah. I was pushing. Yeah. Know, look at the feed reel cal or calculator. Yeah. It's so easy to do if you yeah. just, you know, do it that way simply. Um, if you want to learn about the course, it's all yeah. in there. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, in Europe, I think it's closer to 15%. Um, wow. They're they're far ahead of us in a, in a yeah. lot of, and like I said, they have a lot more research coming out because of that. Um, there's three vets that have a um, live every, I think it's every Tuesday night um, that give great information. They're out of the UK. Um, so yeah, there's a lot out there. The hardest thing is pulling all the information together. And mm. that's what I did for 18 months. And that's where the pet, the dog nutrition course um, gives you all that information. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kay. You're welcome. This has been awesome. I've really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Great. As you can tell, um, definitely going to dig in more to some of the resources. Um, where can folks find you and, and find out more about um, all this great stuff you have going on? Well, yeah, I would love for them to go to feedreel.com and see all of the information we have on there. We have a wealth of information. Um, it's a $9 membership. 
a month for the articles that are behind the paywall, if you will. Some of them are free, um, but that list also gives you all the information on the um, courses, the workshops. Um, we have nutrition consults if you want to do that. Um, Real.dog is where you find Real Dog Box. And that's where you can get your subscription box. And that is tailored to your dog. So every month we have a lineup, but let's say your dog has a chicken um, intolerance or allergy. You just tell us that we'll never send you anything with chicken in it. Um, some people don't like fur. Okay. Then we won't send anything with fur. Um, so it's very, very much um, to your dog specifications. And there's a lot of different options that you can do. So those where you can find those, if you go to real.dog slash K, K-A-Y, there you can um, get to my actual page and you can get discounts on those products through my page. Awesome. awesome. So. Well, I'll have links to all of that in the show notes as well. Perfect. And thank you again for your time today, Kay. It's You're welcome. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out and share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carnivorecast or go to carnivorecast.com. You can also email me at info at carnivorecast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.